Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's, um, let's open our Bibles. Let's read Hebrews chapter 3. I'll just try and um, segue from where Tolu stopped. When Pastor Jeff said, um, you know, about teaching or, or not teaching, sharing, Every single time my heart just like stops. I'm just like, why? <laughs> why are we here? We can just play your old message and be blessed. You know, but thank God. Um, every time it's a new year, they tell us it's a new season. New doors are open. New, go- new grace is here. New oil, new anointing. Everything new, new, new. And physically, the natural, it doesn't feel new at all. Maybe for some people it does, if you're like hypersensitive. But the feeling you had on December 31st and the feeling you have on January 1st are pretty similar. There's a feeling of gratitude, but maybe in your spirit or in in the spirit or your, your soul, you may not feel anything. Uh, here to announce to you that your feelings don't count because this year again is new. The Lord will not calibrate our lives in days and weeks and months and years if it means nothing. And that is not a, an invention of man, the concept of year and seasons because we see it play out in the natural. We go from summer to winter to spring and we come to summer again a year after. So it means that years mean something, and years count for something. You know, so don't be deceived by um, the outward and how things look, and think that, no, things are just continuing. They, just, they have just come again. You're, you're not the apostle of the work. You're not the Lord Jesus, and you're certainly not the spirit of truth who searches the deep things of God and says, it's new season. So whatever it takes, you know, for me, like Pastor Lou was saying, wholly to, partic- to partake of that, you know, body, soul, and spirit, because maybe in the spirit it's new, but my mind doesn't feel like in my body. Whatever it takes for me to gather, be gathered and participate in that newness, I pray that God will give to us. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The school of the spirit was so... How do you say bombastic? <laughs> it was a series of bombs, you know, thrown at us, and, and we give God too much praise for I don't know why we were born in this generation. I don't know why we're not just homeless people under Third Mainland Bridge. And I don't know why we're not just people at just listening to anything on the internet and listening to anything, you know, to have found this kind of privilege. I, I, don't, I don't get it. 
But if it takes me laying everything I have to tell God that you're not crazy to have made me worthy to hear these things, let God help me do that. Let's read a quick scripture. Sorry, it has nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but it's just the feeling I have about what I just said. Um, um, Where's that scripture that Paul was saying? Okay, it's 2 Thessalonians. You don't have to open it. It says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Um, God has counted you worthy in a sense, but he's yet to count you worthy in another sense. Yes. You will be counted worthy in the, in the actual sense when you have fulfilled all the good pleasure. He's, he's doing... You know, our, our walk, our Christianity is two-way. It's work in, work out. How do I mean? The Lord works in us to do of his good pleasure, but we work out what he has worked in because you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know? So as the Lord has counted you worthy to f- and he will fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness, the work of faith with power, you too, work out that all good pleasure that is being worked in you. Work it out by life, and then you will be counted worthy. Amen. 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 But that's no way I'm going. I want to, um, just off of what Tolu was saying, I was thinking about what, what, you know, how today would be. I was sleeping. I think it was in my sleep that the thought of Jacob and Esau came to my mind. And the feeling I woke up with, you know, God is good, oh. (laughs) Holy Ghost is real, God is good, Jesus is alive. Those are straight facts. (laughs) Like, those are straight facts. Those are straight facts. Because when you are, when, you know, as Pastor Larry sang that song, when I'm dry, you fill me up. Yes, no, when I'm dry, you fill my cup. When I'm weak, you lift me up. Because, say dryness, nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. But in my sleep, I, I just, I woke up with that thing. And the feeling I had when I woke up was, was the feeling of Jacob. Like, Jacob is such an interesting character in the scripture. A supplanter, weak compared to his brother but loved of God. But here's the thing about Jacob. And here's the thing about God's sense of us. The scripture says, Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated, without them doing anything. What was it about Jacob? And now I decided to go read the whole story. It's because Jacob is the kind of person who will lie, cheat, and do whatever it takes to inherit the promise because it means more to him than anything else. That's the person that God loves. It's not a perfect person or a person who doesn't lie or a person who doesn't cheat. It's the person who will say, in spite of this stuff, I'm going to do whatever it takes to inherit the promise. Jacob 
is the person with a sense of divine lineage or inheritance. Jacob is the person who, who has a sense of what means something to God. Jacob is the guy who will eventually who will eventually inherit the name of God. I don't know if you guys are understanding what I'm saying. I mean, like when we read this, when we say name of God now, you're talking, you're thinking revelations, father's name, all these things. But in his in his order. Because Jacob is the guy who will build an altar because God has done something. Who at some point, he says, God was in this place, I didn't know it. That's us groping around in the dark, you know. Jacob is the guy who will meet God and say, I will not let you go until you bless me. Shrink my muscle on my hip. Dislocate my body. But as that guy said, we're going to die on the line. I'm ready to let, like, take everything from me. But I will not go until you bless me, until my name is changed. That's Jacob. Jacob is the guy who has a sense that a profane fellow does not have. And you might think, oh, I'm a Christian. We are the Israel of God. So I'm Jacob. No. Check again. I ask myself, am I Jacob? The Bible says Esau despised his birthright. For bread and lentil stew, what good is my birthright to me? That attitude, (laughs) that attitude, transpose it to everything Pastor Tolu was just saying. What good is this stupid thing to me that I don't understand? That's Esau. But Jacob is the person who says, look, I don't understand this thing. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm going to die here. Because I sense that the Lord is in this place, even though I don't know it yet. But one day, one day the Lord will change my name. Amen. 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 May we be Jacob's. Not lying, cheating, cunning Jacob. May we be the refined, mature Jacob. Do you know who Jacob is? Jacob is the guy who became a father. Think about it. Jacob is this immature guy who will go to his mom. Mommy, you know, I know. <laughs> put this thing on my body. So, he's, yeah, so he has a sense of the promise, you know. But it's unrefined. It's, it's uncouth. It's, 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 yes, it's like there's dross around it. But we see Jacob later, okay, when there was famine and they said, oh, the king said we should bring Benjamin. A father said, never. All of us in this house would die, but you're not going to touch my son. That's Jacob. He had been raised. He had been matured. Work had been done inside him. That's the Jacob we want to become. Because, you know, the, everything we're learning now, you know, from, from son, you know, 
to father. That's Jacob. So I pray that God will give us, I, I don't know if you're understanding the sense in which I'm saying it. It's the, it's the heart, you know. It's the heart. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. Um, so Hebrews chapter 3 that Pastor Tolu read. I keep saying Pastor Tolu read. Finally, let's go there. Hi, God, please help me. I don't know what to say. <laughs> please help us. Amen. And have mercy on us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Time is almost up, so it's great. Hebrews chapter 3. No, Hebrews chapter 1, sorry. Yes, Hebrews chapter 1. <clears throat> so it says, um, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Amen. 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 So Tolu was talking about different worlds, right? Different worlds that, that a world is a place of habitation, right? And every world has its, um, Pastor, Pastor Thompson said, Worlds have an ecosystem, right? So there is the way of the world, there's the truth of that world, and there's the life of that world. Amen. Amen. And um, one thing I understood or I'm understanding is that the doctrines we're supposed to inherit are also the worlds that we're supposed to come into. So the doctrine of Christ is both the doctrine, but it's also a world where a soul can be living in and living from and be born into because you, you don't, you don't um, I don't know, walk into a world. You're born into that world. Yes. And then the doctrine of the Father and the doctrine of God. So everlasting life, eternal life. Those are worlds that we are born into. Amen. Amen. So I just want us to look at a few things quickly before we go home. Um, what is the nature of the world that the Father and the Son are in and that we are being invited to? Um, uh, Romans chapter 2 verse 7. With one hand, let's put our hands in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. Amen. Romans chapter 2, verse 7. I pray the Lord will help us to touch things tonight. If he wants to touch My only prayer tonight is that God should just talk to us and, and, and weight should rest on us for, for what is needed in this, this year. Because there are things that need to be addressed in us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Romans chapter 2, verse 7, I'll just read, or verse 6, I'll start from verse 6. So it says, 
who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Amen? Amen. And then first, let me read it again. So to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory, honor, and immortality, he will render to them eternal life. Amen. Amen. These things that we've just read here are the attributes of a world. Because it says, to them who by patient continuance seek. Yes, seek. Because, so you are continuing world doing because you're seeking something. You're seeking access into a world. Amen. Amen. And if you don't believe me that this is God's world, then let's read First Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. It says, Now, unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever. So it uses the same words that it uses in Romans chapter 2. Yes, it talks about, there's, so there's eternal, immortal, and then it talks about glory and honor. So it lets us know that God is not, is not telling you to seek something that he's not a part of or something that is outside himself because the world that we are eventually seeking for is God himself because God is a world. God is what? God is a world. The Bible says, and you know, you, you, you read this thing at different levels. It is in him that we live and move and have our being. At a point, you're just saying it. Because you live in a world, you move in a world, and the kind of person that you are, you are that you're being, is based on what kind of world you're living in. So at, at a level, you can just be like, in him we move and live and have our being. What does that mean? What meaneth that? Because... In him we live and move and have our being. That's talking about a world. Yes. But a lot of times we're quoting that scripture. See, so they should seek the Lord if happily they may find after him and, and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Um, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also real prophets have said, for we are also his offspring. You might be saying, oh, but what you just said doesn't make sense. But it kind of does because an offspring is just somebody that was born. Like, Eva is my offspring. She's not yet my child. Eva is not yet my son. Zara, too, is an offspring, but she's actually better than Eva right now because <laughs> she's my child. Eva is just an offspring. She's just, you know. To a degree, Zara lives and moves and has her being because of me. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So if you transpose that to our relationship with the Lord, when you get born again, yes, yeah, so in him you live and move and have your being because you're his offspring. But when you become a son and you say in him I live and move and have my being, when a Christ is saying that, it means something. When a son is saying that, it means something. 
And when a father is saying that, it means something because they are talking from different worlds. Yes. So this is the world that we've been called to live in, the world of God, the world of immortality, eternal life, wherein, as Peter says it, he says, a world wherein, he said, we look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And then he now asks a question, which is the question we need to ask ourselves. What manner of men ought ye to be, seeing that all these things will be dissolved? Because the present world that we live in, I'm talking both physical and in our soul realm, meaneth nothing. Until a person is transposed to the real world. And that world that they talk about that, oh, we're in dwell righteousness. Yes, it's a futuristic thing in a sense, but we know that Jesus was living there before he died. Before he saw cross, he was already saying, no man had singled at any time, right? But the son who is in the bosom of the father. Which world? What, what, what are they talking about? Is that not somebody who is living somewhere? Yeah. Um, let's go to John chapter 1. Let's just read about the Lord Jesus and his Amen. Amen. I don't know. Is anything making sense tonight? Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to say something. No, please. I will apologize in advance if anybody feels attacked. It's your darkness that's been attacked, okay? Because I don't attack people. In fact, I don't have the liver to attack anybody, okay? So if, if you feel choked... That's the Lord choking your your iniquity. (laughs) That's funny. I think it's about time that we meditate on what it is we're doing and determine whether it's what we really want to do. because it's costing too much. Meditate upon whether this Christ life is really what I want to live. Meditate upon whether I want to keep living in this world or I want to be transposed into another world. You know how they will say, you're not getting younger. It's actually true. I don't mean that physically, but also physically. That is this really what I want to do with my life? Because in this kind of company that we're in, your, not your, my, my lack of Ownership of the work that the Lord wants to do actually means something. It costs something. Whether I feel that way or not. So that's something that maybe 
we ought to reflect upon, like, what do I really want to do with my life? You know? What do I really want to do with my life? And I pray by, by God's grace, after much meditation and after much consideration, that the answer will be like, this is what I really want to do. Amen. Yes. And what I'm saying, it might sound like, okay, yeah, yeah, just, you know, think about this. Yeah, this is what I want to do. You know that <laughs> coming to meeting and inheriting life are not the same thing. When, when the Bible says in John chapter 3 that, okay, uh, light came, this is the condemnation, because light came into the world and they hated darkness because their deeds were evil and they did, not, they did not want their works to be reproved. They did not come to the light because they did not want their works to be reproved. Coming to meeting is not coming to light. Listening to message is not coming to light. Coming to meeting is not coming to God. It is a way that the Lord can help you to try and eventually. But if, if we keep equating it and living in two different worlds, you cannot have one foot here and one foot there. It won't work. It won't work. I digress. Let's read about Jesus. So John chapter 1. Verse 18. No man had seen God at any time. The only begotten son which is in the bosom of the father. He hath declared him. Praise God. Can we say doctrine? doctrine? Yes, he hath declared him. And then John chapter 14, verse 10, says, Believest thou not that I am? Was he, was he in heaven speaking to, from there? At least this is not the book of Hebrews. This is not the book of Revelations. Like this, is, this is John. Say, I am. You're not saying it as if you I say, am. I am, I am, I am in the Father and the Father in me. He was asking them a question. Do you believe it? Do you believe that I am, as I'm speaking to you, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? That the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. I like this scripture because when Jesus says something, he can mean like 15 different things. Actually, he can mean a billion things by saying one thing. The works. Believest not thou not that I am in the Father? Because they were asking him here. Have I been so long time with you and you don't know me, Philip? You that have seen me, he that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Then he now said, do you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? And then he says that he doeth the works. The work. So do you think the work he was talking about was 
laying on of hands, healing the blind, raising the dead. You know the work? The work of me being in the Father right now as I'm talking to you and him being in me. That's the work. And he's asking him that question because it's a question, the answer will determine whether they believe that thing can happen in them as well. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Because right now as we are, the goal is that as, at some point, as we talk to each other, I should be asking you, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. Like, this year, I want us not to say kai, 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 but <laughs> think about it. Can I one day say, as I'm talking to you, Sean, do you believe that the Father is in me and I'm in him? Because I've shifted worlds. Is it possible for me to leave the world I'm living in right now and be translated to another world? Say yes, it's possible. Yes, possible. Say yes, it's possible. Yes, it's possible. You should get annoyed by my uh, echoing. Don't be angry. I want you to register because when you hear yourself say something, or register too in your mind, and you said it with your mouth. It's possible. It is what? Possible. It's possible. Jesus Christ, while he was on earth, was living in another world. And the way Pastor Thompson explained this thing, that message, I don't know if you can, please listen to it because everything I'm about to say is because I listened to that message. So you can think of this as some sort of review of Pastor Thompson's message because the thing was, it was, it was a supercharged blessing because it brought, it brought better definition to things that we thought we knew about. Because before, what I understood fellowship to be, he, he upgraded the definition. When I think of world, he upgraded the definition. Okay? So let's listen to that message again. It will bless us so much. He said that the way you access a world is by doing the works of that world, and then you can be born into the world. Amen. Amen. It's by doing what? Doing the works. Yes. Yes. And another way I can explain this thing is that being in a world means having fellowship with the beings of that world. What did I say? Being in a world means you are having fellowship with the beings of that world. The world that men live in today and even born-again Christians, is the world that the enemy has made, right? And day in day out, people are fellowshipping with beings of that world, but they don't know it. <laughs> yes, because check the works, check the walk. That, that is a clear, um, the, world, the work and the walk equals the world that a person is living in. Amen. Amen. How does this relate to us? Time is 9.20. Praise God. <laughs> How does this relate to us? How do I know what world I'm living in? I'll check my work. I'll check my walk. And I'll check the spirits. 
You know, the Bible says, test every spirit. I'll test the spirits as around me all the time. What kind of things are going on? What kind of things are going on? There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians. I can find it. Bunch of notes here. Can somebody find me the verse that says that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost? First Corinthians 12. It says, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Okay, let me say something. When I say Jesus is Lord. What do I mean? Jesus is Lord is not a saying. Jesus is Lord is some people's reality. Jesus is Lord is the profession of somebody in a world where Jesus is Lord. But nobody can say that but by the Holy Ghost. I'm going somewhere. Pastor Thompson in his message said, and, and this is how I will segue from what Tolu was saying, because there's doctrine. But he said that until the spirit of truth has acted upon doctrine, you will not actually find a way to walk. Because what is fellowship? This is how I understood it. Fellowship is walking in a way directed by the truth, to inherit a life led by the Holy Ghost. And it's walk. He said fellowship is walk. Fellowship is not That's a, there's a sense of fellowship in that way, communion with the Lord. That's fellowship. But fellowship, he said, is your walk. Fellowship is a guided walk that will result in you coming into a world that's Men on the earth are not living in. A world where people say Jesus is Lord and it means something. Jesus is Lord means Jesus reigns here. The world that a lot of men are living, Christians, even us, let me, let me not say a lot of people, I'm talking to myself. Is Jesus Lord? Is Jesus Lord? Thank you, Tammy. We're casting plenty until Jesus is Lord. We're casting plenty until Jesus is Lord. Until I find myself in a world wherein dwelleth righteousness. Until I find myself in a world where I have glory, honor, immortality, and eternal life. We're casting plenty. Until I find myself living in a place where believers don't know that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, the journey is still far. So if I wake up in the morning and, I, and I'm thinking, oh, what to do today, what to do today, may this thought occur to me. 
that fellowship needs to be on the increase. Amen. Amen. That the activity of being pulled from a world into another world is the purpose of my being here on earth. That the only reason for the breath in my nostrils and my lungs still working and my heart still beating is because I need to leave one world and enter another world. That's the only reason for life. Barring that, <laughs> gone too soon. <laughs> to God, call to glory, <laughs> glorious exit. There's no point of being here. Because all that is in this present world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Amen. Amen. All that is here is what? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Everything I, I'm saying tonight, we all know, we know everything, right? We know everything. But I always quote this thing that it's good that we remind ourselves what happened. We need to remind ourselves all the time. The Bible says that you should consider Jesus lest you get weary, right? And weariness day. We walk into a room full of believers. You can feel dryness. That dryness is as a result of living in one world and trying to tap another world. But it's not working. You see, worship leader, come on, let's break it. No, you are in another world. You cannot from one world be calling people in another world. No. When you are living another world, where, when you come into a place where two or three are gathered and the name of Jesus is mentioned, you will be aflame. So when you feel nothing when the word is going on, when you feel nothing when singing is going on, you are in another world. Come out. Awake from the dead. Wake up from slumber. That's what that, that thing, you know, sometimes you smell, oh, everywhere just dry. Another world. We need to escape from what? We need to escape from what? Another world. Enough is enough of being in another world. A world, we you know when, when you're singing, I hear glory call, holy, holy call, holy, holy. I wish Sarah would come and sing it. She says, Ori, Ori, do, Ori, Ori, do, Ori, Ori, do. You are singing that. What is that? That call is the sounding of a far world. And it's trying to get your attention. Come out. Come out from among them. Be separate. Come out. Wake up. Come out. Come out. Come out. And the thing is that you don't want, we don't want to be learning doctrine, piling doctrine upon doctrine, but sleeping in the grave. Yeah. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be piling up doctrine that minute because I'm creating a monster who would turn against God one day. I want that when doctrine is sounding. You know, Pastor Thompson said that the purpose of doctrine is to temper the heart so that when the spirit of truth comes, he can find what to work with. How do I know? It's because he said, Jesus was talking to the disciples and Pastor Thompson was saying this. He said, even though they didn't understand him, he kept talking, he kept talking, he kept talking because he said, how be it when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's the truth he had been talking about. Those are the things that he was saying. At least some of them that he was saying. 
because he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. I was like, how now? Like, stop, Jesus. <laughs> like, you know? But when the spirit of truth comes, we now know that he's the bread, the living bread. That's what that means. It not me eat my physical flesh, because that's what they were hearing. And let me just say that at this point that when doctrine is coming, there's meekness that's required. Because receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. I just want to touch on a few things that I think keep us locked in a world. Tolu said, not Tolu said, Paul, the apostle Paul said, he said, so give attention to reading, to doctrine, you know, and then your profiting will appear to all men. But somebody will say, I've been giving myself to doctrine. I've been reading. I've been following EGFM for four years, five years. Still yet, nothing. I'm not changing. I'm just as selfish. I'm less selfish, but selfishness today. I'm just as mean. I'm prideful, vain, stubborn, opinionated, foolish, ignorant, self-centered. I cover sin. I lie sometimes. And I'm not in love with Jesus. I attend the meeting. But really, really, if you ask me. So what is it? May that not be one person. Let's just say that it's one one of those things. <laughs> well, hello for that person. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> Whoa, is blood of Jesus enough for you? <laughs> you know, but, but what is it? What is it about the hold in this world that's not making me make movement into another world? There are a couple of things. Let's read Acts chapter 26. Praise God. Can somebody read verses 17 to 18 for me? Acts chapter 26. Delivering thee from the people hmm? and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and in every turns among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Amen. Can you read it one more time? Delivering thee from the people Amen. and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee mm -hmm. 
to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Amen. Amen. So in this scripture, there are a couple of things. Verse 18, number one, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness and inheritance. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Amen. Amen. Pastor Thompson said in his message that fellowship happens when I have the accurate response to my darkness being revealed. Fellowship is my response. Fellowship is not the Holy Spirit talking because, that, again, I would say that, that's one level. So if I say fellowship is not the Holy Spirit talking, they would be like, oh, heretic. No. There's a level of fellowship there where the Lord speaks to you, can instruct you. But this level we're talking about is because of doctrine and the spirit of truth guiding you in the way. And in that, and what does that mean? It means that counsel will come, instruction will come, and then a moment comes for fellowship to happen. Yeah. Fellowship is what happens when they reveal my darkness. What do I do with it? And one of the things he said is that the Lord will create a humility and brokenness program for you, for your fellowship. So get ready to be humble, Amen. to be meek, Amen. and to be broken. Amen. Do you know one of the reasons why, why I think our generation, we struggle a lot? We're not broken. Yes, we're not, bro we're not broken at all. We've hardly gone through seasons where the Lord touched. You know how he touched Jacob and you could see scars. Somebody said to me about Pastor Ceci, and this is such a great testimony. He said, Pastor Ceci is broken, but it's not doctrinal brokenness. It's brokenness of experience. A lot of us have mental brokenness. Let me not say a lot of us because you people are broken. Me, I'm not broken as I should be. So we, we know the doctrine of brokenness. So the Lord should, you know, deal with you and he will break you and everything. But the Lord has, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I found a way to escape. You know what it means to be broken? It means to be broken like you literally take something and you break it so that it's not the same again. That's brokenness. Yes. But since a person is not broken, that's in fellowship, brokenness will happen. Yes. We will be broken. Amen. We must be broken. Amen. 
if you're living a Christian life year in, year out, year in, year out, and there's no brokenness, let me just use this as a segue to talk about something. <laughs> Say the honor of singlehood. I'm here for you. I've come. Yeah, lucky Shah is 9.36, so there's only about 10 minutes to tell you about the honor. The honor of your singlehood is that you had a season where you attended to the Lord without distraction and he broke you. That's honorable. Without that, there is no honor in your singlehood. If you've not had a space of time, I'm talking weeks, months, year, that the Lord is touching you, touching you, and at the end of that season, when we see you, we're like, this person smells like Jesus. Your singleness has not begun. Your singleness has what? Has not begun. I was talking to some people in my house the other day. I said, the honor of our parents' generation in marriage, I got married early. I had my children early. My children are in uh, Oxford and Harvard. That's the honor of that era. The honor of our era of married people will be Satan came at me like a flood. I'm talking like in the marriage. And he met Jesus. But not before you say amen. If you don't have the requisite honor as a single person, that's before it will happen when you're married. It will take like 30 years. Don't say amen, amen. (laughs) Say amen, no, I'm just joking with you. Say amen, amen. The honor of a married person now in this our age that is full of darkness, lawlessness, degeneration, abominations, desolation, the honor of a married person is that Satan cometh to my home and findeth nothing in it. That he cometh to my children and he findeth nothing in it. That all of us are in a different world. And when he came, he realized that there's nobody there. That's the honor. But how would I ever become that person if I've never been broken as a single person? If the Lord has not demanded myself of me as a single, what honor do I have? Nothing. There's no honor. There's what? No honor. That's the honor of singlehood. The badge of honor as a single person is that I was married to the Lord at a time. Yes. That the Lord had my affection, my attention, my thirst. He had every, he owned me and I was ravished by him. That's the honor of singlehood. If you think for a second that the honor of singlehood, I got married early. I prayed, then the Lord brought. What we call honor, I mean, the word honor does not 
carry the weight of what that thing feels like in God. When the Lord bestows honor on you, and angels are looking at you and they're wondering, what an honorable person. You will not know that thing until you become it. Then you'll know that God has feelings, that human beings can excite him. That's the honor. That Elohim can sit on his throne and feel good feelings because of you. That's honorable. That the Lord can say, mm, I have a friend in Ottawa. That's honor. The Lord can say no. I know if I ask her, she will say yes. That's honor. That's your honor when you're single. Let me tell you what happens, why a lot of single people are dishonorable. It's because the provision that has been made to transpose from one world to another is being rubbished, trampled underfoot. We're counting the grace of God a common thing. That's dishonorable. He that covereth his sin will not prosper. There's another scripture that I like that I recently came across, I think from that same message. It is Jonah chapter 2. That's a painful scripture to read. Oh, good time. It gets sense. It gets rather Lord, help us. I don't know. Is anybody being blessed, please? I don't think my Bible has Jonah. I forgot my John. That's your business. Tell me how you remember the script. Obadiah Jonah. Amen. Praise God. Scripture is harsh, but it's a good thing. Thank God it's Bible that wrote it, not somebody that wrote it. It says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee in thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities, Forsake their own mercy. Why am I reading this scripture? It is the observance of lying vanities that causes a person to forsake the mercy that is being brought to them in a season and staying where you are instead of moving. What is a lying vanity, you ask? That Line vanity is like a, what do they call it in English? Uh, 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 when two things mean the same thing. Because vanity is lies. And anything that is a lie is vain. So it's the same thing. But to put it together, it's even more forceful. Line vanity. Mm-hmm. 
what we do with our lives right now, what we do with our time, what we give ourselves to, the kinds of conversations we allow, basically the kind of world we're living in, what we give ourselves to, and how, and how we take the doctrine and even the breathing of the Spirit of God upon the doctrine, how we respond to it will determine whether we are going to make any movement or not. One thing I want to say, and I think this is one of the ways, because we're in a community of believers, we're in a company, and one of the things I think I have realized, having been around brethren for a while, is that we sometimes forget that we are members one of another. I have a weakness and maybe I'll cover it. But if my brother sees me and takes hold with me to cover my darkness, it's like there's a bridge to hell and the spirit of God and doctrine is trying to crumble the bridge. Then my brother takes hammer and nail and puts the bridge back together. That's wicked. That's evil. And that's how, that's one of the ways that a company of people can remain at the same place. That's a way what? A company of people. That doctrine will be coming. Move of the spirit will be coming. You say encounter this one, that one. But what's happening? Because darkness has been covered and darkness is prospering and thriving in the midst of doctrine. Pastor Thompson said, he said, fellowship happens when repentance, exposing of sin and conversion is happening. If I love you, I will not cover your sin. If I love you, I will not let you stay in darkness. Maybe you don't believe me. Let's read a scripture. I'm coming to talk about this because it's serious. It's serious, it's serious, it's serious. Where is it? Ephesians chapter... Praise God. It says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye in the light. Walk as children of light. For the spirit of the spirit is not goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which have done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. And whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepeth. Let me read verse chapter 4 verse. Um, this is the other place I wanted to go. It said, 
here's the thing. Oh, this scripture is so beautiful. This is the scripture I was looking for. Ephesians 4.22. The world that many are living in is the world of the former conversation. Is the world of the former man with his deceitful lusts. There's a verse up there that talks about cunning craftiness because it was talking about how um, we should no, be no longer children because there's children that live in, in the world, babies and, and you know, you, they're in a world. Like I said, Zara is in a world. Eva is in a world, right? <laughs> but to transfer to the, another world. But in that world, you, are, you can be tossed to and, to and fro by doctrine, by sleight of men, and cunning craftiness. You know that sometimes we are the ones being cunning and crafty. That, as they say, it's not somebody in your village that is doing you. You are doing yourself. There's a scripture that talks about deceiving your own self. So don't say it's not possible. It is. That when you find darkness inside you, instead of you to find a way to expose it, you cover it, then you tell your brother, take hold with me, let's cover it, because you're banking on that the day when you are weak, your brother too will cover for you. Say hell. Anybody that is doing that, that's a nature from hell. And that's not love. Love covers a multitude of everything, but it's not like that. Love covers a multitude of sin because sin is forgiven. And sin is remitted in love, not covered in darkness. In this company, if you see a brother or a sister sinning a sin, as the Bible says, that is not unto death, that they can be saved from, my dear, don't cover it. It's not your place to go and tell other people, oh, this person did this, that person did that. But if you don't have help in your mouth, go to where there's help. Or you are the builder of a bridge to hell. Sometimes there's an unspoken code because you know sometimes like, maybe, you know, you're in the world and then there's all these codes, you know, we don't do this, like we don't snitch on one another, we don't do these codes. Codes that are sponsoring hell. Those are trashy codes. Those are codes from the lake. Those are not eternal life codes. That's definitely not Christ codes. Those are codes of darkness that need to be undone. When Dulu was saying that they'll say, oh, they've come to say, submit one to another again, submit to authority again, it's for your safety. You don't know the way. So if maybe at a level for a particular weakness or darkness that's inside you, you don't have the answer, don't go to a fellow person that is Go to where you know there is help. Let this be the year that we stop trying to save face because it's smelling everywhere. We feel, you know, we can feel each other's temperature. If you say that you walk in light, but you are not doing light. You are a liar. But the problem is not with having weaknesses because Jacob, he was weak. 
It's the heart that I'm still seeking God and I'm seeking help. He that covereth his sin will not do what? Will not prosper. And he that observes lying vanities forsakes his own mercy. He that covers sin will stay in a world year in, year out. No transference to a world where things matter. And that is with heaping doctrine upon doctrine. Because when the moment for fellowship comes, a person will choose themselves. A person will choose reputation. A person will choose love that is not love at all. Let's not do that. There are so many attitudes we have. Not you guys, though. Not that people, because everybody here is holy. Jesus did. Not you guys. That I know I have. Um, since I mentioned it, let me say something about submission to authority here, because because of my particular position, I prefer not to talk about stuff like this. But who else would do it? So let me do it today that I have the chance. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. If you want to find a way, you have to look at other people who have found the way. God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the church. The man is the head of the woman. Let every woman see that she submits and reverences her husband. Simple. Otherwise, she would never find God. It's a straight line. So therefore, you're here. God is the head of your pastor because you are not the pastor. And the pastor is the head of you. So therefore, at least for now in this season of your life, the amount of God you ought to find, if you don't submit, as they say in my village, odiodi for the boys and girls, nothing. Odiodi means zero. Odiodi means negative, nothing, zero. This is one of, these are some things that keep us. And there are so many different things. Another attitude that keeps us in one world and not going to another world is the attitude of resolving everything to the flesh. They will tell you something. You will just, no sophisticated thought, no depth, no, how do you say, research in the spirit. No, no, nothing inside can just muster up and, Lord, what is this thing about? Just resolve it to the flesh. Okay, I will do it. I will not do that. Think. Let depth <laughs> bear on matters. Then stubbornness. Say stubbornness. This year, if I'm the person that they will tell me the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. No. This year, let's cry, Lord. I, it's like, Gotish thing is worrying me, Lord. I don't want to be that person again. And then you work it out. When somebody tells you something, who, 
who is an authority you know has the, that the Lord has their ear, take it, be meek. That's another thing. Let us stop letting self rise. Another thing, disdaining both ourselves and spiritual authority. No, not disdain, contempt. You just reduce everybody to just, nay, nay. It's wrong. I'll give an example, I, I mean, say me and any, let's, because this did not really happen, no. <laughs> but let's say me and any now. We're together, maybe we're somewhere. And I should not use myself, that's so weird. You and, say, Pastor Bukumi. You're not like, Something is wrong with you. It means you cannot see, that you don't understand anything. I'm not saying you cannot be friendly with, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying, but make sure that you're not being a reductionist because you will not change. Descend the grace of God in your brethren and in people above you. Like me, I cannot say, I cannot even say it as, as I want to use it as an example, like Auntie Abina, I should not be saying. What meaneth it? I cannot try it. I used to do it in the time when I was winking at my ignorance. I'll be a Now, my aunt. And I owe her the respect. So that's not to say that, you know, there's no freedom of whatever. But don't reduce things. Don't reduce your pastors. You know, you've no, maybe you've known somebody after the flesh in a season, like some of us now. Like I know a lot of you were friends before. You've known in a season, you, you want to, you cannot see what the Lord is doing in your friend, in your brethren, in your brother. Like maybe Wesley and Emmanuel knew each other. I, like, I knew Auntie Baby before she became a pastor. And I don't, want to, I don't want to be able to recognize what the Lord has done. So I always want to reduce her to nothing. That's wrong. You will not change. You will not grow. And you will not receive the mercy and the grace in that person's hand for you. Because God puts things in each other's hands for everybody. He does. Lost my train of thought of something I was talking about before. There you go. Thank you. So it says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power. That means there is no authority over your life. But the powers, it says the powers that be are ordained of God. I announce to you today that whatever you are in your local church, you're here, wherever, the powers that be are ordained of God. You know, there's one nature that some, some people have. 
The Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety, not in the multitude of counselors. Some souls, because they don't want to take any specific counsel, they will not say, oh, no, this one is my pastor, that one is my pastor, that one is my pastor. Yeah, it's one is, oh, yeah, I talk, yeah. You'll be counting pastors. But one single growth you cannot measure. Is it not true? Okay, don't know how many pastors, why am I asking you? In the multitude of counsel from the mouth of the Lord through who he has ordained, the powers that be for your life, that's where the safety is. It's not in the multitude of counselors. Don't evade the Lord by saying, I, I, have, I have like 1,000 pastors. You're a liar. I listen to this guy online. I'm a straight jail with him. He's also my pastor. I, I donate to the ministry. You will not, you will not move. Not you, please. Forgive me. I don't know why I keep doing this thing. I don't want me that I should not be saying you. <laughs> there will be no movement. The authority in your life at a particular time. If you know that you cannot submit, honestly speaking, find a new pastor, find a new place. Because you can wither staying in a place that you cannot submit in. You will lose life and you might die. You want to move. Align. Say align. 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 It says, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. You resist the authority of God over your life. You are resisting the ordinance of God over your life. It's Bible, oh, I did not say, thank God I did not write Bible. And they that resisteth shall receive to themselves damnation. Okay. It says, for rulers, that's people in authority, are not a terror to good works. That's if you are doing good, your, your spiritual authority will not be a terror to you. Abby, this is Bible now. It says, but to the evil... Will you then not be afraid of the power? Then do that which is good, and you will have praise of the same. Do you know that when it comes to submission, my husband told me this thing, ho ha, because so many times in this our marriage, I've not had sense, but he keeps boring me sense. He said, don't have reputation with me. If you have the reputation of saving faith, saving your rep, so that the shepherd will not judge you, there's a higher judgment. Number one, they already know your misbehavior. So it even looks more stupid. Ah, that's not a word. When you now try to make yourself look good, but you're evil, you're... Daddy, daddy, when you go keep preaching message things, he said that, imagine you smell like poo you not spray Gucci perfume. You not come to the seven. Service, I love you, Lord. Everybody's like, you love who? We can, it's smelling. We can smell you. If you have weaknesses, if you have issues, if there are gaps, bring it to your spiritual authority. They can help you. That's guidance. That's part of finding the way. Because sometimes raw doctrine, you can't. This year, you want to make progress? Let some things be in order. Say, let some things, let some things be, in order. be in order. 
sorry, we're almost done. Time has gone. It says, it says, for he is the minister of God to you for good. But if you do that which is evil, be afraid. <laughs> for he does not bear the sword in vain. He is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Wherefore, you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. This year, let us hold faith and a good conscience. Let's align. Can you see sometimes, can, can everybody see the gaps sometimes? I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, but I'm not growing, I'm not changing. Because you're covering sin. You're covering, yeah, that thing especially, that's one thing I wanted to talk about today. I don't know, you know, that thing. Don't cover sin. You will spoil your life. You spoil your brother's life and you spoil the work. God is no a joker. God is in heaven. He's a real God. This work that he's doing upon the earth, bringing this doctrine, it means something to him. Let us not count the mercy of God. Let us not play with it. If we do some things right, you will see this year growth will begin to come. Amen. You see that, ah, I'm changing. Oh, I just, I said, oh, let me just take this to change. Submit one to another. Let's not covet evil things in each other. Let's, as Auntie Abby says, celebrate grace. You will change. If I notice that she's better at something, let me say, ah, Auntie Abby, you are good at this thing. Let me learn. Somebody that has found the way. Pastor just said it. You, you say your friend has spoils of victory. Let me covet it. I'll go and fight my own. Beg! It's faster to beg and collect food to eat. I say, I'm going to the, I'm going to the forest to hunt. Are you a hunter? Do you know how they did it? Somebody has given sweat and blood. You now say me too, I must give my own sweat and blood. Are you just, are, why? Learn. Let's learn. Change will come faster. You'll see. You don't know how to pray. Talk. Look, I'm struggling. I'm not praying. I don't pray. Tell your sister, take hold with me. Let's be praying every two, two days for one hour and see whether you won't change. Stop keep, let's stop keeping ourselves. This is fellowship. The Lord exposes your weakness. You talk too much. You always carry people's matters. Or you are incorrigible. When they tell you something, you don't take it. And you see your friend who is easily entreated, who things don't touch her, things don't really offend her. Say, how are you like this? Teach me. You will change. By the end of the year, they'll say, oh, you do this, you do this. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you do that. I could, could do I don't, I'm sorry. You will change. There are some of us, somebody cannot tell you something. Once they tell you, you change it. You keep malice with your friend for weeks, brethren. Then you come. When I remember just how you love me, so I get the power to love my enemies. So you'll not be thinking of that person. They're not your enemy. They spoke the truth to you in love, so you will change. Do not keep malice with your friend because they told you the truth. Embrace them and say thank you. Because that's the Lord who said that to you. If you have a friend who has the boldness to call your BS, you should thank God. 
and celebrate them. That is brotherhood. That is fellowship. One with another. This year, let's expose hidden works of dishonesty. Let's stop covering our sins, our weaknesses. Let's bring them so that the eye of the high priest can touch, can look, and bring answer. Let's not despise one another. Let's see the graces and the victories and the testimonies and draw from that pool so we can grow up to him in all things. United. Let's submit one to another. Wives at home, submit, oh. <laughs> this year, live from this world. Enter another world. Say submit, oh. Submit. Reverence your husband this year. Sisters at home, stop fighting. You are spoiling the atmosphere. Mommy Helen said they are angels. You are driving them away. You are making it, you are making it uncomfortable for them. Be easily entreated. This year, stop reducing people around you to nothing. Honor the work of God in your brethren. Honor the work of God in his servants. And see whether you will not go. See whether this year fellowship will not increase. This year, God means business. This year is the year that if we sacrifice and we let go of self and we let go of some things that same time next year will say, ah, of a truth, my God is working. And that you now say, believe thou me that some of Christ is in me. Believe thou me that Christ dwelleth in me and I dwell in him. I want that to be my testimony. Amen. Enough of wallowing in the flesh and in darkness. It's time to be part of those who are sanctified and have inheritance by the faith that is in him. Amen. God will help us. God will, this year, God will push us further. He will bring every resource and strength of will to take hold with the Holy Ghost in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the working out of our sanctification. I pray that this year we will inherit more Christ and if the Lord permits, whatever other world he wants us to take portion from, we will have it. I pray that this year we will not be believers or word people in word only that we will feel feelings for the Lord that we haven't felt for years. Amen. That we'll be ravished by him, that those of us who are single will start to pursue the real honor of our singlehood. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that this year, the spirit of truth will guide us into all truth Amen. and bring all things to our remembrance. Amen. I pray that in the moments where fellowship is supposed to happen, in our day-to-day -day lives, when we are at work, on the bus, in our cars, taking a shower in our homes, that we, when the Lord exposes darkness, we will respond in meekness. Amen. We will agree with him, confess and repent Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that this time next year, our story will be different. Amen. I pray that the Lord will look upon us as a company of people and say, these are sons and daughters in whom I am well pleased. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You 
dwells between the cherubims and four. You dwells between the cherubims.